This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, a lot of times we talk about what's going on in our agencies once we get started. But let's back up and talk about who are the people that we need to start our agency successfully. Oh, all of our friends and vendors. Do we need an attorney? Do we need a CPA? Do we need a banker? Do we need a bank? Yes. Um, yes. All those these things. things, right? These are, yes. these are, these are good things. Do we need to hire somebody? I mean, not necessarily. Depends on who you are and what your weaknesses are, but you do need a lot of help. And it's okay because you want to be an insurance advisor and you want to grow a multi-million dollar agency and be successful for the long term. And there is a right way to do it and there are definitely wrong ways to do it. I see agents do it from two different standpoints. I see it happen from I'll figure that out later. And then it's just kind of playing catch up all along the way. And then there are the agents that are the checklist people and they want it all done perfectly from day one. They're the ones that automatically going to set up an entity and they already have an attorney and they have all these things. And then there's the sole proprietor guy that just, yeah, I'm not really worried about that. There also seems to be the ones that live out of their checking account for the first couple of years instead of setting a salary for themselves or a pay limit for themselves. I think it would be best to look at things from a best practices standpoint. Do I need an attorney? Let's start there. Should I set up an entity? My answer is yes, you should set up an entity. LLC is easy. It's inexpensive. It's flexible. Your CPA, a second person you need, your bookkeeper slash CPA is going to love you for the LLC. Your attorney is going to recommend the LLC. Why do I need an attorney when I can go online and set up my LLC myself? There's all kinds of different things. Is this a single member LLC? Is it a multi-member LLC? Do you have a partner? Are you married? There are different scenarios and Rocket Lawyer is not going to solve that question for you. In the internet age where everything's available to buy online, just put this in perspective. Why does your future customer need you instead of the British lizard? Why do they need you instead of the online insurance broker? The answer is there. Why are you more important in terms of your customer needs you, but you don't need advisors yourself? And I think it's just what you're going to get. You're going to pay a little bit more, but in this particular case, the money is well worth it. This is just an area that you don't want to find yourself skimping on. You get what you paid for, in my opinion, when it comes to the advice of what is your situation. And then, hey, guess what? Now you've transferred that stress or that unknown to a professional and someone that does this for a living. And you can focus on your business and not be playing attorney for a portion of this process. As someone that grew up in Louisiana and our laws are different, we have Napoleonic law as opposed to English law. And I've seen so many people go online and pull forms that aren't legal in the state of Louisiana. As an individual who accidentally found himself owning a Louisiana corporation, if you are a Louisiana agent in doing this, please don't do this yourself. Because as Tanya says, it's just different there. All right. It's different there. And don't think you can understand what's going on. But even at that, every state's different. And remember, insurance is state 
regulated. And so what happens in Texas versus what happens in Georgia versus what happens in Indiana or Louisiana, even with the difference in English law versus French or Napoleonic law. I mean, all of these things are so different. And you think it's just set up an LLC. You think it's just, I'll do this. This is simple. And they want you to think it's simple at the quick setup legal websites, but they're standard forms that are not speaking to your specific situation. And I'm just a big believer, probably because I'm a huge advocate for the independent agency system, that it's a little hypocritical for us to be independent agents and not use a CPA, not use a attorney to help with our business structure. It just feels hypocritical to me. So let's talk about our CPA. I think it is so important to find a really great one. I can remember when I was in college, I worked for a tax prep company. Now keep in mind that in college, I was 16, 17 years old, and I didn't know that just because you had checks didn't mean that there was money in your account, right? And so this tax prep company was allowing me to do tax returns for people's businesses. And I, and, and I look back on that now and I think, oh my gosh, this was crazy, but it was cheap. Don't do that. When I hear businesses that are going to some of these large tax preparers or these inexpensive tax preparers, you're just setting yourself up for problems later. Those organizations are set up for the mass individual, the very simple W-2, gets a paycheck, type individuals and great because it's inexpensive and they get the return and they have this really quick money back in your pocket. As a business owner, setting that up right and having that CPA have this ability to talk to the attorney if necessary to make sure they're on the same page, this is going to be really important for you. We're going to go into this as if you're going to make a significant amount of money. You may not be doing that day one, but we're going into this assuming that you're going to be financially successful. And so you're going to want to have a CPA that is going to be more expensive. Again, I agree in that we don't want to let these mass tax prep companies run our business financials or do our checks and balances. They can also help you with with some accountancy when you add people. They might can help you with things around payroll or things around how to do certain areas that may be a little bit out of your scope. And I think they're really important. We've had a CPA relationship for decades and the ability to sit down and have that discussion and tell them where we're going and really have them as an advisor. No different than our attorney. We are on our second business attorney because our first one retired, but I interviewed our attorney whenever we changed. I had about three, four recommendations from our retiring attorney. I went and sit down and interviewed them and I picked one. And I thought that was really important. And now I feel very, very comfortable with what we're going to be dealing with or the complicated structure of growth or whatever it takes. And so you don't know what you don't know. I would rather have that type of expertise behind me. A good CPA is going to pay for themselves in the long run. While we're on money, let's talk bankers. This is an interesting one to me because I come from a line of bankers, family-wise. So I'm a very big advocate of independent banks and relationship banking. Depending on where you're at, depending on your geographic area, state, metro area, suburban area, small town, your banking relationship could look different. 
bankers are trying to figure out where they add value. And I think this is one of the areas. I think small businesses is where they add value. Very similar to the CPA to me. You can go and just go wherever your personal checking is and you can set up a business account and establish that relationship. But you don't know again, what you might need in the future. You might need to apply for a line of credit. You might need to have a loan in the future. And look, there are traditional banking loans and then there are specialty loans in the insurance industry. The specialty lenders tend to have a little higher interest rates, but they understand how to loan money on commission streams. So books of business, traditional bankers are not very good at loaning money on books of business. They want to be able to see and touch assets. (laughs) They're not very good at this intangible asset of a book of business. If you have a relationship relationship with them and you are explaining your business to them, I have seen that relationship take you down a path of being able to get a business loan on your book of business because the relationship's there. And look, it's about the closest thing to a signature loan that exists today. And you're going to see significant changes in interest rate and terms around a traditional bank. So for me, I'm doing the same thing with the bank. Personally, I want a banker. I want someone to call when something goes wrong. Most people are just going to go where their personal checking account is and they're going to go set up a business checking account and that's fine. If you do that, try to navigate that at least to a local branch or something to find out who you're working with and find out if you can establish a relationship with a banker. A local bank is going to give you better options. It is just so fantastic that if I need something with my bank, I've got my banker's cell phone number. Or if they see something going a little bit wonky or something looks strange, they're going to pick up the phone and say, hey, Tanya, there's something wrong. And you're probably not going to get that from a major bank. You're probably not. I had a situation not too long ago where I had to text our primary contact and I didn't mean to do this and he didn't have to respond this way. I didn't know it till after the fact, but he was on vacation. You know how big work-life balance is for me and I kind of got on him a little bit actually for responding, but it was a sticky situation that we had. We weren't getting the answer from the customer service group that we felt comfortable with. I was like, you know, I'm just going to text Jack, see what he thinks if he can call me. You know, he called me like in 10 minutes and 30 minutes later, he called me back. He said, okay, yeah, I figured it out. We got it. And it was done. The people had instructions and got it done. I found out the next day on social media, his wife had tagged him and posted their family beach pictures. (laughs) It's just to that point, the relationship just means something when you are trying to do business and you have people like that in your corner. Fun fact, when my banker got married, I was a hostess for her bridal shower. You're really close to your banker. (laughs) I'm not that level yet. So if I'm an insurance agent, why do I need an insurance agent? Thanks for bringing this one up. I mean, we're an insurance agent. Why do we need an insurance agent? We just do our stuff. And granted, we do still write our package. We write our property. We write our liability. We do all that. We went through this process of change here several years ago because we originally wrote our own Arizona emissions coverage. And as we got larger and more complicated, my opinions around being your own insurance agent has changed. Attorneys do not represent themselves. Attorneys 
attorneys do not represent themselves in court. I can go with your BOP. I can go with your package being written by yourself. Easy to do, and we still do that today. Your ENO and probably your cyber, if you don't write a lot of cyber, your professional lines stuff, take it to a professional lines expert. We have a ENO provider. We have an ENO program manager. He only does professional lines coverage, his agency. He is an expert in professional lines coverage. I am a big advocate in making sure you do that. And one of the things that hit me was, what if we mess up our E&O coverage? What's our outlet? You can't sue yourself. Where do we go if we mess up the policy as an advisor? And it sounds silly because you're kind of like, well, Shane, what do you mean? I mean, I'm an insurance agent. I'm professional. There's no way I would mess up my own coverage. Well, you could. Are you really, really paying as close attention to your coverage as you are your clients? I'm going to say probably not. It is really imperative that when you're dealing with things like E&O and something that can completely take your agency down, you need to have an expert handle your E&O coverage. I want to jump back in there on cyber. Do we need cyber? Yes, you need cyber. Short answer. Long answer. It's coming. Your carrier appointments require E&O today. Certain carrier appointments are starting to slip in cyber requirements as well. You are a contractor to an insurance company as an independent agent, and they've already shoved the E&O risk transfer back at you. The cyber's coming. Cyber is going to look like E&O for insurance agents. My guess, if not in the next two to three years, in the next five years, it's going to be widespread. A good E&O agent is offering it already. I think one of the important things to do ahead of time is choose your vendors because the moment that business is filed, options are going to come at you from every angle. It's going to be absolutely crazy. If you have a plan and choose your vendors ahead of time, that's going to make your life a lot easier. Shameless plug for agency groups, networks, and aggregators. These organizations across the country do a fantastic job of really eliminating the noise around the best vendors, the right people, the right situations. That's one of the big values of agency groups and networks out in the marketplace. If you choose to be the Lone Ranger, not be a part of a group, then you definitely need to have your antennas up on this. Who you choose to do marketing, SEO, if that's one of the things you do, or website development or management systems, CRMs. I mean, all of these things are things you're going to make decisions on. You can really quickly find yourself in what I call this agency ownership vacuum where you don't really know and you're trying to make decisions and you think you make a good decision and then several thousands of dollars later, you don't really have the same value that you thought you were going to get. And it's really easy for this to happen to you. Overpriced websites are my pet peeve and overpriced marketing gimmicks are my pet peeve. Having your antennas up around this whole concept is really important with the vendor side. Really shameless plug. If you want to come play with us, go to IntegraAgent.com. Here's one. Choose your customers. The most important people that you will find yourself needing to select are your customers because your customers are going to determine what your life looks like five, eight, ten years down the road. Remember, particularly 
as independent agents, choosing your customers becomes extremely vital because you have that choice. You get to do that. You don't have to write everyone. You can choose the type of customer, the type of business. You can choose how much commercial or, or you know, what level of personal versus commercial you want to get into. You have this choice. I think sometimes... It's one of those things that's right in front of our face. We literally need to say it out loud to recognize that we actually have this choice. We don't have to write the person that's in front of us if they're not a good customer. Here's one for you. Your family is not going to make you rich and they are going to be the most difficult clients you have. The biggest problem that I find with this is we do not get to set price. The carrier does that. We can't change the price. We have regulators that regulate the carriers and regulate the pricing and the product and the coverage. And we can find different coverages and we can shop and we can do all this stuff, but there is a limit to what we can do. And one of the things that makes it really, really hard with family is the family that doesn't understand the business at all. And they just assume that there's a friends and family discount, that there's a friends and family discount or how can you not help me with this price increase? Because I can't help you with your lead foot. There's just a ton of different things that might pop up here. It's really, really difficult when you think about how to deal with this. Some of the first customers that you tend to have turn out to be friends and family. (laughs) There's even agencies and organizations out there that build their entire training mechanism around go hit up your friends and family. I think it's a terrible idea. You've got to be able to be honest with your family and be honest with your friends if they're not really understanding the insurance business. You may have to spend some extra time explaining some things to them because it's just this expectation level that's different. I was talking to one of our agents a few months ago, and he was actually frustrated that members of his family were not buying insurance from him. And we had the conversation of, okay, let's step back. If something goes wrong, if they have a claim, do you actually want to deal with this person? And the answer was no. It really is a really frustrating thing because we get offended if our family or our good friends don't use us as customers. But there is another side to that. You have to kind of look at things if things go wrong or the carrier doesn't provide a good claims experience. It's a tough spot. I can't say that there's a perfect place to be here. I do have family members that we insure. I have had family members that have had claims not go well, um, and it's not fun. And then I also have family members and friends who have done business with, with us, and now they don't do business with us. I probably was offended at one time. I'm less offended today because I have a different perspective about our business than I did when I was personally writing the business. I think if you live in an area near a university that has a small business development center, I think that is a great place to establish contacts. They're going to have so much information, not from an insurance perspective, but small business opportunities that as you're growing, that's something that a lot of times our agents are missing out on some really great opportunities and some fantastic resources there. I agree with that. There's opportunities there. There's also opportunities when in agent associations, state associations. A lot of times there's regional associations. In Texas, we have the Independent Agents of Texas, which is the state association that is the state association for the national independent agents and brokers 
Brokers of America. It's a large organization. And so it's kind of like you can get lost in there, but you also have the independent agents of Houston, the independent agents of Dallas. And so the metro areas, a lot of times will also have local associations, university, small business development groups, wonderful, your agent associations, whether that's the independent agents association or whether that's PIA, that's another one. These are organizations that I personally think their biggest plus is political advocacy. And they do a lot, a lot of good for us at the state capitals and in Washington. They're huge, huge benefits to us. And we should support them if for nothing else for their political advocacy within the industry and within the the government lobbying effort. We talk about this one on the podcast all the time, but finding a mentor is vital for your agency to have immediate success? Yeah, we're very pro-mentor in our group. We actually fund a mechanism there for startup agencies. And this is something that I've grown into in terms of support or need. I was kind of the early arrogant agent, didn't need anybody's help, knew everything, kind of agent in my first five to seven years. Could have definitely used a mentor. Had a built-in mentor as a dad who was a business owner, agency owner. But really having a different perspective, certainly if you're a second generation, third generation agency owner, I would suggest that you also have a non-family member mentor. That's something that I have done over the last five or six years that's been a very, very good thing for me. Really just to help you with that level of ownership stuff that nobody else really knows. You know, you may be a one person agency and it's still a vacuum because if your spouse, if they're not in the business with you and most of the time they're not, they're not even going to understand, even though you're going to vent, even though you're going, you should be communicating with your spouse openly and and frequently on on your business venture, but you need a non-emotional perspective. And I found huge value in the non-emotional perspective because sometimes I'm wrong, believe it or not. And somebody needed to tell me, think you're missing this one. I'm better for it today that I have someone that can do that. I want to point out that we said a mentor. I think sometimes we can have too many people when we're trying to grow our business and we're asking 8, 10, 12 different people's opinions on something. And that just creates frustration. I love that. We tend to think about mentorship. We tend to try to use it wrong. A lot of times we try to use the multiple mentors type thing. And really what we're doing is we're seeking validation. And that's a bad idea. You don't need to be seeking validation. You need to be seeking counsel. What you need to be seeking a mentor for is strategic checks and balances for what you're doing. Someone who, if you do want to run a decision by them and you're going to ask them a question, if they happen to disagree with you, then the question is, what are you going to do about that? If you've already made your mind up and you're just seeking validation and you don't get it, then what are you going to do? And how are you going to take that? That's part of the growth that business owners in general need to go through because so many of us are very headstrong and very confident. If that's you, then don't use the mentor for validation. Use the mentor for guidance and for strategic thought and to learn from. Uh, Just be careful with the validation piece. 
I think the best mentors are the ones that ask the hard questions rather than tell you what to do. My mentors have never told me what to do. All the way back to my father as a mentor, other individuals as a mentor, they've been very good in my life of not telling me what to do, just refusing to tell you what to do. And if you have a mentor that all they do is tell you what to do, they may not be the mentor you need. Basically, what we're saying today is surround yourself with people who know more than you do. Yes, they know more than you do about the thing that you are not focused on, which is multiple things. You need to be focused on building your agency business. You need other people around you who are smarter about the other things, and they will make you better. Business ownership, agency ownership is not you have to be the expert on every single thing. That is not what owning an agency has to be. Some people do that. Some people want to make it that, but that is not what it has to be. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Steve Jobs. Great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team of people. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.